morning. It is Monday, June 15th, and this is Community Pulse, your local report on the coronavirus pandemic in mid-Missouri. You can catch Community Pulse Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. on KOPN, and all episodes can be found online at kopn.org and on our Facebook page. Today on Community Pulse, we'll tackle the policies and politics surrounding face masks. We're joined by host Jenny Chadwick, public health advocate here in Columbia. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Mallory. And it was really nice to get to meet you via Zoom the other day. (laughs) Yes. You know, when, you know, KOPN is a community radio, um, you know, outlet and so oftentimes over the years I've got to come into the studio and and be on the radio and just to get to interact in the studio is so nice and so during this pandemic you know having that distance that that zoom I think has connected so many of us and it was really nice to meet you that way so um nice to to the listeners it yeah, was fun. Just, our our little team had a had a Zoom meeting, <laughs> so we all got to see each other's faces, which just hasn't happened yet. So. Yeah, and you know, I know listeners, you you don't get to see our faces, but um, hopefully, at one point in time, you volunteer for KOPN and you get to come into the studio, maybe in uh, sometime in the distant but foreseeable future. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we'll cross our fingers for that. Yeah, so let's talk about the numbers. And, you know, on our call, we did talk about how these numbers just, they they start to get glazed over because they just keep rising and they just keep being, um, you know, higher and higher. And how do they become meaningful? So I'm going to try to go over them a little bit slower to give a little bit more detail as we talk about them. So, and I am going to start globally this time and go locally. Um, so, So listen in, because I think it kind of helps to tell the story. So 8 million people globally have now had um, coronavirus identified. And so that what we're seeing is about 150,000 new cases per day um, across the globe. And and when we look at deaths, we have about 436,000 people that have died from um, COVID-19, and that is a 10% death rate globally. We know that that death rate is much lower at the U.S. level, but if we look across the globe at the impact of this pandemic, um, so we're identifying about um, 5,000 new deaths per day as well um, in, in the world. And then when we look at the United States, you know, again, these numbers just keep getting bigger and bigger, but we've got about 2.1 million Americans that have been diagnosed or identified, tested positive for COVID-19. And, and that is 115,732 deaths now reported from COVID. When we look at how the U.S. is kind of ranking in this um, pandemic, we have the 11th highest number of cases per million um, on the globe. And, and, you know, when we think about Italy and Spain and other countries, you know, even Russia, we think that we are doing um, better than we are not. So when, when we look at that 11th um, case ranking, you know, the, the countries that rank above us are countries that, you know, we don't normally typically compare ourselves to. And unfortunately, we're falling in a, in a group that is not what we think of as, the, you know, as comparable countries to the U.S. And then 
oftentimes I hear, well, you know, we have more cases identified because we are testing more. Um, so when we look at our testing ranking, we are 28 of all countries in testing per million. So right now we are testing 74,000 individuals per million. So we are not testing more than Italy. We're not even testing more than Russia. Um, we are we are testing less, and we have identified more cases per million than most of our comparison countries. When we look at Missouri specifically, we are at 16,543 identified cases. Um, we're identifying about 200 cases. Um, per day. Um, Sundays are always a low case day because uh, many jurisdictions are not reporting. So the state did not report this Sunday, um, the number of cases and Boone County did not report on Sunday. Um, but of the counties that reported and were identified, um, there was 108 cases, but we're averaging about 200 cases. And in fact, in the last seven days, we were averaging 220 cases per day. Um, right now, there's only three counties in the entire state that have not reported at least one case of COVID-19. So very few places left in Missouri that haven't identified at least one case. Um, when we look at our death rates across the state, we're at 894. So that's about 9.3 deaths per day in the state of Missouri. You know, we will continue to talk about the inequities of this virus. Um, I recall reading very early on uh, the North East states when they were deciding when they were going to put their stay-at-home orders in place and how quickly they would lift them. One thing that um, there, the, there was a five-state region and the governors met and they said the one metric that we're going to look at is inequities. And if we see that there's uh, this virus is impacting our lower income, um, minority disparity populations at a higher rate, we are going to wait to um, lift those stay-at-home orders. What we see in the state of Missouri right now is by race, 30% of those who have been identified of those 16,000 with COVID-19 have been black and only 43% white. And we know that that's a, a huge disproportion to our um, existing percentage of population. When we look at our percentage of cases per 100,000, Missouri is actually doing pretty good. Um, we rank 36 which lower is better. So we have, uh, we bring 36 in our cases per 100,000. So we see about 266 cases per 100,000. We have about a, pop a population in Missouri of about uh, just over 6 million people. Um, and so we are actually in, in all of the state's rankings, we have fewer cases per 100,000 um, in the state than most states. When we look specifically at Boone County, our rates have been really um, escalating, especially over these last couple weeks. So we have 214 cases identified now with two deaths. But again, we have a disproportionate amount of our minority population. So right now, 29% of our cases identified in Boone County have been African-American, whereas uh, Boone County is only comprised of 8.8% um, of black population. So we are reporting an average of about seven cases per day over the last couple of days. Again, we didn't have data from Sunday, but Friday and Saturday, both seven cases were identified. So Mallory, again, I know the numbers just start to, to, to fade together. Did, does that help give you a picture of what 
going on case number wise. Yeah, it really does, especially comparing how we're doing here to other countries. That was super helpful. And breaking down the demographics a little bit too just illuminates, you know, really who is being affected by this coronavirus the most. Uh, so thank you for, for breaking it down like that for us. Absolutely. So I want to talk about the politics and the policies of mask making. So I want to take a step back and talk about how do public health policies get made and who makes them? So oftentimes, unfortunately, health policy gets made based on politics rather than good public health um, and what we know in science. And so when we think about the levels that policy can get made for mask wearing, um, we can make this at a statewide level. So um, many states actually have some form of mask wearing at a state level. In fact, 38 states currently. And Mallory, I shared a link to an organization that's um, literal. Um, it's the Workplace Policy Institute, um, and they have done an amazing job of tracking the jurisdictions, the states that have policy requirements and what those requirements are, and then if there's local level policy. And so we're going to be sharing that link on our Facebook page, on the KOPM Facebook page. So if, if as I'm talking, this is interesting to you, please go to it. So as I mentioned, 38 states have mask wearing requirements at a statewide level, and 31 have some form of mask wearing at a local level. So here in Missouri, our stay-at-home order is expiring altogether tomorrow, and we were a state that only recommended mask wearing at a statewide level. We didn't require it. And so when then you turn to what's happening at a local level, and in and, and Boone County, you know, our and in Columbia, this, the order says that, um, you know, it's just recommended for individuals to wear masks. And um, the specific requirements are businesses that um, are providing direct physical contact, so personal care service businesses. And that was in um, the stay-at-home order um, that was issued by Stephanie Browning at the health department. So the way that policy can get made at a local level is it could get made by our health departments. Our states give the authority for the health departments to, to make orders that protect the health and well-being of their citizens. Or it could get made at a city council or a county um, commission level. So our Boone County commissioners could vote on the policy or our Columbia City Council, for instance, or the Hallsville City Council. And for most of you, Listeners, um, you know that Tobacco 21 was a policy that we passed, you know, at a local level. For instance, you know, Columbia, Missouri passed it, Jefferson City passed it, Hallsville passed it. So we can pass health policy via the city council. And in Columbia, Missouri, it takes four votes to pass a policy. And the mayor has no more or less power than any other um, council member. And so the, the, in order to pass a policy, we wouldn't necessarily need the mayor's vote, but you would need the majority of the city council to vote in support of a policy. So that's just a little bit about the politics and how a policy could get passed. And now I want to talk about the components of a policy, because as I was looking out there, you know, Missouri really has some of the fewest policies that would restrict or require mask wearing at a local level. So we're talking about states like Alabama, um, Alaska, um, Idaho, 
Wyoming, um, Wisconsin, many of those local municipalities have some form of facial covering requirements. And so, again, in Boone County, in Columbia, Missouri, we have very minimal requirements. And when we talk about requirements, and Mallory, just checking to make sure you hear me okay. Yep, we're good. Awesome. When we talk about the requirements, most of these policies, and from my read of them, most of them have been passed by a city council or county commission. Um, They cover employees. So sometimes they cover all employees. Sometimes they recover, like sometimes only some employees. And so when we see like some employees, oftentimes you'll see in the policy, it states if they're in close proximity. And that's the the language in the Colorado policy is is stating that employees must wear face coverings if they're in close proximity. Arkansas has some interesting language where they um, they require it for front house, um, like people who are in the front of the house of a restaurant, but they make it for back of the house um, staff, they make it optional. Um, And then Kentucky, for instance, requires that all businesses must provide their employees with PPE. They also require wearing it in, in many of the businesses. So that's policies that cover employees. When we talk about what businesses are covered, oftentimes in state and local policy, all businesses are covered. Sometimes it's certain types of businesses. For instance, offices, restaurants, retail, personal care, gyms, etc. And so policies definitely vary from being totally comprehensive in that they cover all employees and all types of businesses to being more exclusive and saying just some um, employees and some businesses. Um, For public health, we know that all employees and all businesses is the most comprehensive policy out there. What happens is, what's the politics of getting that passed? Does the, the local community support that? And we know that the more comprehensive a policy, the more protection will be provided. And I know that Dr. Alleman is going to be talking about the science of uh, mask wearing and how it protects us from a public health perspective. But I want to talk this show to be more the nitty gritty of the politics and the components. Um, We also see a policy how the general public is covered. So we've got employees and businesses. And now what happens to just the general public? Sometimes policies state that customers will be covered, that patrons will be covered, that anybody in public spaces or public settings will be covered, um, or any time when social distancing can't, cannot be maintained. So that's the language that's in the Illinois policy is that customers or patrons in public settings will wear a mask anytime that social distancing cannot be maintained. Um, California states anytime you're outside of your own home. Um, so the things that we also see exemptions for, so I, I want to talk about, like, I often hear, well, I can't wear a mask for medical reasons. You see that in policy. There are exemptions for those who cannot wear masks. We ha- see age exemptions. So oftentimes we don't expect anybody under the, a certain age to wear a mask. We know that for kids it's hard. It can be a suffocation um, risk. And so I have seen in policy anywhere between the ages of 2 and 10. Um, Obviously, anybody for medical reasons. And then there's penalties to not wearing a mask in public. Um, And typically, it's a monetary penalty, um, but the penalties do range. When I was looking across different communities, 
Boulder, for instance, has a mask wearing requirement. Um, their penalty is $50. Many, many communities in Massachusetts have mask wearing requirements. And those penalties range. Um, maybe there was a ticket warning for the first offense. A second offense was $50 in one. Um, and then upwards of $300 of monetary penalty. The one thing I want to talk about that I think is really important in this environment is who issues the penalty. Mm-hmm. As a public health professional, I never advocate for police or law enforcement involvement in public health policy. It is not needed for enforcement. Um, you know, especially as we look at tobacco control, we always advocate for public health departments to be the ones that are doing the enforcement. Um, they're the ones issuing the tickets. They are the ones doing the citations. Again, we don't need law enforcement involvement in this setting. So, Valerie, I just said a lot of things. Um, questions, thoughts, because I know that there's a lot of people talking about how even in certain businesses in Columbia, we require masks, like businesses are requiring masks, but people are coming in without wearing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just want to say that I think your explanation and walkthrough of policy and politics was so good. I had about five or 10 questions outlined in my head and <laughs> you you hit all of them as you went through. So thank you for, for explaining things so well. Um, the only things that are kind of lingering for me, uh, I guess I, w- I would love to hear you talk a little bit more specifically about if anything is being generated in mid-Missouri about, you know, a a mask policy, or Mm -hmm. is that really off the table right now? So all public health policy gets made based on public demand, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that most of these mask wearing policies that we see across the country actually got put in place in April um, and May, but it is not too late. And especially as the state eliminates all restrictions as of tomorrow, it is not too late for our local communities to step up to the plate here and have our leaders lead in protecting um, our community. And this protection isn't for those who are wearing masks. Um, As we talk about the science, the protection is for um, other individuals, right? So the, the mask typically Um, doesn't protect the individual wearing it. It protects the individual wearing it from spreading the virus. And we know that our, our, you know, frontline workers, and when I talk about frontline workers, I'm not talking about our medical professionals. I'm talking about our fast food, our grocery store attendants, those people who have been essential workers who are in a low-wage position. Oftentimes, they don't have vacation or sick time. And so they have been exposed to this at exponential rates. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mallory, I'm not in the secret no of, <laughs> uh, of whether we are going to get a mask policy. I want to let people know how to advocate for it and who to advocate for it to. Mm-hmm. Our health department could make an order. Our city council could put it in place. As I look across the country, it is more often the city councils because the politics of policy gets in the way. Mm, gotcha. And if someone's listening to this right now and, and maybe hasn't been wearing a mask or wasn't when the all of this kind of started, but has 
stopped and lost their mask or something like that. Do you know any um, local groups? Sewing for Safety maybe might be one of them Mm -hmm. where folks can kind of uh, reach out and see if they can get a mask for free or for um, an affordable price. Yeah, and I don't want to plug any specific business, um, but I, I, I know that Sew for Safety has been making them. If you go on their Facebook page and you need one, I've heard, you know, that a local downtown business is selling them, several okay. local downtown businesses. I know, you know, some of our major retailers in town are selling them. Um, you know, when we talk about face covering, it can be as simple as a bandana, you know, mm-hmm. something that's covering your nose and your mouth. It doesn't have to be a formally sewn mask, but um, a lot of people are using just simple like gaiters to cover their their face. Mm-hmm. So some form of cloth covering is requ- is being required in these policies. Yeah. Now, and I think we're wrapping up the end of our time. As I thought, I might not go long <laughs> enough because I was on my own, but um, the time always flies when talking to you guys. So thank you so much. Thanks for joining us, Jenny, and for your great explanation of, of all of these topics. So um, we'll look forward to hearing from you again uh, next week. Is that the next time you'll be here with us? Yes. I will be back on Wednesday. Um, So thanks for letting me hop in on a Monday. Of course. All right. You have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. That's it for today's edition of Community Pulse. You can catch Community Pulse Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. and later in the day at KOPN.org and on our Facebook page. Coming up later this week, harm reduction when it comes to COVID, and we'll discuss the subjects of masks again, this time with greater emphasis on new and emerging scientific data. As always, we want to know what questions, comments, and insights you have related to coronavirus. Are you wearing a mask when you leave your house? What are you seeing as the norm here in Mid-Mo? And what kinds of policies do you want to see in place, if any? Leave us a message at 573-874-1139 or email gm at kopn.org. Up next, we have an abridged version of background briefing and a brief music break. Thanks so much for listening to KOPN 89.5, your volunteer-run, listener-supported community radio station. Have a great day.